Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. And welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and right over there is Nikki Kinzer. Hello. Hello, Nikki. I feel like I should be in a tunnel. Hello, hello. <laughs> how is your uh, how is your fall? Well, it just started. It's all good. It just got <laughs> it just got like cold. I know. You notice right? that? Like yeah. I'm already wearing like uh, sweatshirts. I know. And sweaters. I know. It's, I know. There's a chill Especially in the air. Especially in the morning, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's definitely a chill in the air. It feels good. It feels like a transition. And we're going to be talking about things to avoid when you are getting things done with ADHD. I look forward to this. And we have some follow-up directly related to these topics. I can't wait to talk about those either. Before we do that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. Get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show on the website. And please subscribe to the mailing list. Just click on that button there, that subscribe button. And uh, you'll get an email each time a new episode goes live, along with uh, updates about uh, what Nikki is writing and sharing on the website and her tools and online classes. And and speaking of online class, once again, organizing your space your way. Get it now, and I'll tell you why. Because then you'll be so ready for the next one that's coming soon. Yes. Did you hear what I did there? I just teased I know. it. I'm so excited. You did like a little teaser. It was a teaser. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, and I'm going to give another teaser. Do it. Pete is going to still be a part of this bonus. He's going to be a part of yet. it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. Oh, it's good. I look forward to this one. And we've been we've been talking about that this morning. I can't wait to to start putting these pieces together and, and getting them out there for everybody to to learn and enjoy. Yes. OK, so we've got some some follow up. Um, the first is actually I, I think it's for me. I think it's targeted at me because I was not bullish. I was, dare I say, a bit bearish on the bullet journal. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny. We've gotten a number of emails over the last couple of weeks that really highlight for me this experience that uh, about how broad the spectrum really is of ADHD impact for people, right? We've got people who are dealing with these, you know, impulsivity issues, dealing with detail and focus issues, dealing with hyperactivity issues, dealing with uh, hyperfocus issues. And, and uh, it really impacts us in such unique ways that, that it's important for me to remember my bias is highly personal based on my experience. And so uh, um, we got a great email from Kim, who is a, a grad student, and she wrote a, a fantastically positive, energetic, and nice email encouraging me to revisit the bullet journal, because the bullet journal for her 
is fantastic. And she talks mm-hmm. about the, the, you know, how she has simplified the system, that it is a system that effectively combines habits and tasks and calendar and notes and long-term planning all in a single place. And, and her, um, her note here, I think, is really important that when she was using digital tools, she had to have separate apps for keeping track of each of those things and additional apps for other type of information like shopping list and health tracking, et cetera. And so using those apps for her, she says, there's no single place where I could see a complete picture of my day. And I had to remember to use each app every day. I think that is a central point around digital tools, finding the right one that does enough of what you need to do to see all of your day. I, you know, I, I have to admit, I, my bias got in the way and I like, I, I forgot to mention that the bullet journal has a real strength here because it is so customizable and you can simplify it. I stand by my contention that it is for some uh, who are dealing with ADHD, myself included, having to deal with the the maintenance uh, each week, each day, each time you set up a new journal is troublesome for me. And uh, at what Kim says is it is uh, absolutely not a problem for her. And she she says, give it a shot. Give it a shot and at least... Uh, see how well you can simplify it to capture the stuff you need. And and like you said, uh, we talked about this just, I think it was just last week, about using the bullet journal for a, a health system and, and right, how well right. that can work as a focused piece, a focused storehouse of information that's important to you. That's where the bullet journal is a real strength. So definitely give it a shot uh, and um, uh, it see if it works for you. Absolutely. Well, and you may want to put in the show notes too that article that we talked about last week, just so people can see another way of using the bullet journal that might help them, you know, in that health and nutrition aspect as well, and maybe transfer that somehow, you know, to daily living as well. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I always, you know, I always say, if you have something that works, don't change it. Don't feel the need to change it. Um, You know, there's so many different uh, options out there. And I think the key is fun finding something that works for you. So um, kudos to her. I'm glad that she wrote in and absolutely talked about it that way. And for not being a jerk. You know, so many people who disagree (laughs) on the internet just yell and scream that bullet journal's best, bullet journal's best. She wrote a really uh, compelling argument for giving it a shot. Absolutely. um, You know, I think it's uh, she is right. She says here, I think people might benefit from hearing a more positive review on it uh, of it on the show. Well, here you go, Kim. Give it a shot. Uh, the bullet journal works. So there you go. There you go. What else do we have? All right. Well, we have another follow up and it's about you too, Pete, your 25 <laughs> pull ups. Yes. Yeah, no, this was, I, I love this bit of follow up because I feel like, uh, it, I, I mean, it, it is exactly what I was talking about last it week. Is. Two, it's on exact, the nose. Yes. It's exactly what you were talking about. And what's so ironic to me is that she talks about Gretchen Rubin, which I'll talk about in just a second. And I had just listened to an interview with Gretchen Rubin talking about this specific thing. So, I mean, gosh, when that happens twice in a week, you know, yeah, you this, is something, this is something to pay attention to. Yeah. So this was her, um, her email says, hi, Pete and Nikki. And this is from Susan. When I was listening to Pete talk about his problem with not continuing his pull-ups, it made me think of a quote from Gretchen Rubin about the danger of a finish line. She says in her book, Better Than Before, a finish line marks a stopping point. Once we stop, we must start over and starting over is harder than continuing. So true. The goal of 25 pull-ups was motivating, but once the goal was reached, there was nothing to sustain the the habit he was trying to create. Instead, she suggests 
that the reward for a good habit is the habit itself. So maybe Pete, Pete, Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen up. You could reframe the pull-up challenge to see how many days in a row he can do 25 pull-ups or shoot for increasing the number of pull-ups. Just a thought. Wonderful thought, Susan. So, Pete, we are going to be following up with you on your 25 pull-up challenge. Well, yeah, well, and, and to that point, I think we were talking about this last week. That's that's really the the strategy that I that I mentioned and have employed because it's it, I have to reframe not just about pull-ups, but about overall fitness and yes. and about maintaining like heart rate and recovery time and those sorts of things that are that are more important to me than just a number. Um, but but really identify a behavior more than a than a as, as Gretchen and as Susan says a finish line. Yes, that's yes. great. Yeah, it really is, and it you know is interesting because like I said, I was listening to her um, interview and she talked specifically about building new habits and how um, attaching a, a reward for them is also not a good idea. Um, and I really a hundred percent agree to that because her thought process is you know, you're almost putting a, you're almost saying in order for me to do this habit, I have to have this. And it kind of makes you almost feel like the habit is not a good thing. Like it's something you have to do in order to get something else. And that obviously is not a good approach either. Um, and so what she was saying, and as Susan was saying in, um, what Gretchen Rubin was saying about the, the reward is that, you know, your, your reward is feeling good after doing the 25 pull-ups. That's the reward. Or if you're doing yoga every day that, you know, you go and buy yourself a new yoga mat, that's the reward because it continues the habit, Mm -hmm. you know, it it continues you wanting to do it, which is, um, fantastic. So, yeah. And I love that you said it that way, because like my reward system, when I was, when I was really struggling with the pull-up goal was Thank goodness I hit 25 pull-ups. Now I'm going to go have a hamburger. Right. Yeah. <laughs> totally that, unrelated yeah. rewards. Totally. Not the way. Now I'm going it. to go take a chocolate <laughs> bath. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> but I think that the one thing that I do want to talk about real quick is that I do talk about rewards when it comes to getting a task done. And so I think there's a difference, in my opinion, between rewarding yourself on getting something done that you maybe you've been avoiding or procrastinating versus really trying to do a new habit because the habit is on going a task is something that is is done and then you don't have to think about it again so i uh i'm still a proponent that if you need to you know you're getting your garage organized that you should reward yourself not only at the end but through the process of these little achievements that you make and recognize that you're doing a good job and so maybe that is getting your favorite coffee or going out to dinner with a friend or whatever it is i i i do still like that philosophy but it's not meant to be around exercise necessarily or these habits that you want to do long term because right. i totally agree with their thought process that you're kind of downplaying the habit then, you know, it's not, it it almost doesn't become as important as it should be because you're getting something else and that's not the point. So just want to kind of make that clear of, because I do talk about rewards. I mean, you know, it is something that I've talked about, but not so much with habits. Yes. All right. All right. Uh, Let's, let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Mistakes to avoid when getting things done with ADHD. How did this, how did this come up? Well, I have been thinking so much about productivity 
and I've have. Been, yes. And I've been thinking a lot about focus because right now in my life and my business life, I have a lot of things going on and I have a lot of projects that I'm juggling. So I have really kind of tried my hardest to figure out how can I focus? How can I be more productive? How can I get, you know, more done in a shorter period of time so that I'm not working 12 hours a day? And the first thing that I got to tell you I did, and this really has nothing to do with the projects that I have going on, but there was something that you said, and I don't remember if it was last week or a couple Jeez, weeks ago. it's my fault. It is your fault. It's always your fault, Pete. Uh. <laughs> but you had said something about computer files. Do you remember that? <laughs> I and talk like, to you about computer files all the time. Uh, yeah. What could it possibly be? Well, it was like this whole 15 minutes a day, like just take 15 minutes a day and kind of organize your desktop or, um, you know, delete some old files. And yeah. I, I don't remember how, I just know that you did it. You got me <laughs> thinking about this. Did, so it, I, did it make it better or worse? That's what I want to know. It made it so much better because I will tell you what has happened. My computer crashed in oh. January of 2015. Yes, I remember that. This was the, the great computer crash of 2015, I think we called it. Yes. So here we are in September of 2016. So yeah. it's been over a year and a half, almost two years, that my computer crashed. And for this amount of time, I have had not only duplicate files, I've had triple files. Because oh. when the backup came it like went triple. It didn't yeah. just double everything. It tripled everything. Right. So if I would go into a, a computer file, I had three files. I had three documents. I had three of everything. That's not, that's not efficient. No. And I can't say that this is the first time that I've, I've deleted files. I mean, in the last year and a half, I have, you know, done a little bit, but I've, it's always been on my to-do list. It's always been on the master to-do list of, yeah. you know, clean out your, your computer files, clean them out, clean them out, but I never did it. And so finally, you know, listening to you in my head, I decided that for this last week, I was going to put on as a re reoccurring task for 15 minutes a day to delete my computer files. And uh, I am so happy. Like, I feel Aww. like superwoman. Like, I am, my computer is so organized. <laughs> <laughs> well, it still has a ways to go. But I don't have triple of everything. <laughs> so that's the, that's the most important thing. So that's great. It is. And you know what I learned? And, and, you know, it's like we talk about all these things, but when you actually do them too for yourself, like, oh my God, people, they really work. Um, the, but the intentional planning of just saying, okay, 15 minutes a day, and I would set my, my timer on my phone and, and I, you know, I would do it for 15 minutes. And I really got so much done. My photos are organized, my desktop. I got a bunch of stuff off my desktop. And, and I still have a ways to go because when you triple everything, I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of stuff, but, um, but it's huge and it's been, you know, almost two years that I've been tolerating this. Yeah. Oh dear. And there's that uh, word. I know. So I'm, I'm taking the toleration and I'm and so it out the proud window. of you, Nikki. That's great. I, Thank this you. is something that people do not think about. Uh, you know, organizing their technology. Really, when they think about organizing technology, it's more about organizing cables. But right. organizing technology is organizing data, too. And I think that's really important. And, you know, I, and I'll just take one second and mention, as we record this, uh, the new iPhone launch went live last night. It's already sold out. But if you're one of those people who has ordered, pre-ordered their phone, they come next Friday. They start shipping 
now is a great time for iOS users to go through their phones and delete apps they don't use, right? Clean it out now on your existing device before you upgraded to the new one. Don't bring cruft onto the new device. Now, the, uh, the iOS launch, whether you're an iOS, Android person, that's not what this is about. This is just about transitions. And using this transition is an opportunity to clean up your technology data. So there you go. Well done, Nikki Kinzer. Thank you. Now, how does this go into to our big mistakes? Well, again, trying to focus and get these things done. Um, I thought I'm going to talk about these mistakes because I have made them. And they're different mistakes. They're not things that I think that people are going to automatically. Like, I bet you people think they know what I'm going to talk about, but I don't know if they really do. So I I might surprise people. But yeah, the first mistake um, that I want to talk about is uh, is I was listening to an interview uh, with Cal Newport. And he is the author of Deep Work. Now, I have not read his book, so I I don't know what I don't know. I don't know anything it's, about it. No, it's good. Cal but, Newport does good stuff. Okay. So yeah. have you read the book? Uh, yes. Okay. So and it's about focus, right? I mean, it's about focus and doing deep work, I yeah. assume. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> doing right. important well, work. Well, doing yeah. important work, work that, that is legacy work. Yes. Yes. So I was listening to his interview and one of the things that he was talking about is how we should not assume that we know how to focus. That's right. And I thought, interesting, because most people will automatically assume that they do know how to focus, right? Because it seems like it would be a simple definition of, well, you're focusing on one thing. You're just paying attention to one thing. But even though you may know how to do it or you know what it is, you may not know how to do it. That's what I mean. Yeah, even yeah. though you you know what it is, you may not know how to do it and that it's actually a skill that needs to be built over time. And he's talking this interview that that I was listening to was not even to it wasn't towards the ADHD population. I mean, it was just towards anybody, everybody yeah. that wants to focus. So I'm thinking if he's telling the general population how hard it is to focus, I'm thinking, well, gosh, my clients and people who listen to us, I mean, it's got to be five to 10 times harder for somebody with ADHD to, to focus, right? And to build this skill. And and that I, I love that you said that because that's really his, his whole focus is on, you know, is making, I think, essentially an assumption. And I, I that, that the whole world is, is dealing with ADHD bucket of behaviors. Yeah. It is a distracted world, and that's actually the subtitle of Deep Work, Rules for Focused Success in a Distracted World. And it, so it is, it's great. It, he is, I really enjoy him. His his first book was on this subject was So Good They Can't Ignore You. And and so these two books in pair, I'll put links to them in the show notes. Definitely check out Cal's work. Yes, 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 yes. Well, and what I liked um, about a lot, I mean, I liked a lot about his, his interview, but one of the things I, I did really um, take notice is that I really feel like he kind of takes the shame and judgment out of thinking that you should just be able to do it. Um, because, you know, we always kind of beat ourselves up like, I, well, I should have been able to do that today. I, you know, why can't I just get it together and get this thing started? I mean, you just beat yourself up when you're not able to do it. Um, but just acknowledging, no, this is hard. This is really hard. And it's something that you have to practice. And it's something that, you know, the more you do practice and pay attention to it, the better you will get over time. Um, and of course, one of, uh, my suggestions, 
and I believe he even maybe mentioned this too, but we always talk about practicing in small increments of time, right? We always talk about the Pomodoro technique. Yes. Yep. And, uh, you know, just really working in that small increment of time and, and, uh, and eliminating the known distractions that, you know, are, are going to be there. So for sure, like taking the phone out of the office, not even having it near you, but have it away, completely away from you. And one of the things that I've been doing, which I know this is like, I'm so far behind, but because I'm trying to focus more in the last few weeks, just because of these projects, I've been taking the, the dock off. Like I turn the height, I hide the little dock thing. Yeah. You hide your dock and status bar, right? Yeah. So that I can't see when a new email or a text message has come through and Mm -hmm. Just that in itself, and I know people do that all the time, but I haven't ever really been in the in a situation where I needed to, to do that, and uh, I've been doing that, and it's just amazing how much that helps, and it also really made me realize how much of a distraction my email was because every time an email would come in, regardless of what I was doing, I would check it. Yeah. Yes. And so now that I don't even know that it's there, I mean, it really does make a difference. So yeah, do it on your, do it on your phone too. I'm telling you that it is absolutely hugely powerful when you remove notifications from email. And that means you're check email on your terms, not on your machine's terms. Yes. Yes. Because it's, it's almost like you're not even consciously doing it. You just kind of go straight to it. It's crazy. So, you know, um, one of the, the tools he talked about, and I'm not familiar with this, but you might be Pete, he called it, or he, he, it's called freedom. Yeah. Freedom, uh, freedom to freedom Freedom too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's saying that it blocks all the social media, internet apps. So you can still like use your computer, but it blocks all that stuff. So you're not distracted. Um, not, I've never used it, but I definitely think if this is an issue for people to, to check it out because he highly, highly recommended it. So yeah, you know, and we should, I, we, I should probably make a note here on, uh, uh the number of, of technology solutions for this, uh, because it, it does address a niche of, uh, you know, shutting down applications that are not used so they don't bug you of blocking access for a period of time so that you can't be distracted. They're like online or access babysitters. And follow.to is one of them, uh, but there are many that can that are really refined mm-hmm. uh, that can help depending on what you're struggling with. Mm-hmm. We'll do that in a future show. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then the second mistake that I wanted to talk about, um, and I'm guilty of this too, is not planning, but just sort of assuming that something's going to get done. And this really goes back to this whole computer files that I needed to delete because I have had this on my list forever. I mean, months, right? Almost two years. And uh, I just never took the time to pay attention to it. And uh, I was talking to a gal um, just this last week and we were talking about her, she had a couple of stacks of paper of um, her students' artwork and schoolwork from last year. And she was kind of beating herself up here because, you know, here it is, the end of the summer, the school new school year has already started and uh, she still needed to get through this paper. And so we talked about how to get how to get through that and not just kind of assuming it's going to get done this weekend because 
you, as we know, we're going to find something different to do, <laughs> you know, yeah, right. um, we're going to, something more important is going to come up or we're going to forget about it altogether. And then we're going to feel guilty about not getting it done. And again, go through that whole shame cycle and disappointment. So this is where that intentional planning really comes in. And so for like the computer files for me was again, just setting that alarm for 15 minutes and making sure that I did that every day and not letting it be an option of not to do it and having it be done for only 15 minutes was really helpful because I knew I could do it for 15 minutes. There wasn't anything that could compete with 15 minutes of my time. Well, and the nice thing about that is that this daily kind of 15 minute commitment to clean up your computer files is not permanent, right? No. You, you could really do it for a week or two weeks and see where you are. Eventually it goes away completely. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I think that's, isn't that, that's one of the things that you, when you uh, plan for these kinds of tasks, there's, there's a sort of fear or judgment or, you know, I'm paranoia that, uh, goodness, if I add this to my daily task list, it's going to be there forever. Right. And I don't want right. to block out that time forever. That's not true. You can be strategic about it. Well, and what's interesting about that is not only being strategic and knowing that it's not going to last forever, it's probably going to get done sooner than what you think it's going to because you're paying more attention to this now than you ever have. Mm -hmm. And so that was the thing about like even the school papers is, you know, even if you can't get through all of it in 15 minutes, which we know you're not going to, that's not likely. But even the 15 minutes that you did it today was probably more attention to it than you've done since you started piling up the paper. So Absolutely. that's a very positive thing. You do it again for 15 minutes tomorrow. I mean, all of that time adds up. And then like you said, yes, it's done. Project's yeah, done. Done so, and over. And then you can feel really good about that. Number three, we make our projects too complicated. And then we spend so much time planning and organizing, yeah. <laughs> but we're not acting. We're not doing anything. Now, this could definitely be an avoidance strategy, right? Because whatever it is that you have to do, maybe you don't want to do um, for whatever reason. And so you spend too much time on the planning and organizing piece. But I also know that um, many people with ADHD have this perfectionism issue where they want everything to be perfect. So that could be um, making things overcomplicated, too many choices, you know, mm -hmm. so we overthink it, we overanalyze, uh, maybe some fear of doing the wrong thing, or if you're trying to impress someone, um, all of these things can be an issue and, yeah. uh, and it's a mistake, you know, when it, when it comes to just getting things done, it, we have to simplify. I, if you, if you heard of Zig Ziglar, do you know who Zig oh, Ziglar is? Oh, of course. Is? Yes. Okay. So yeah. Zig Ziglar, he, he is the thing, you know, he's, He's a guy that has a lot of, of sayings, right? Yes, he he yeah. speaks in metaphor. And I retain very little of Zig Ziglar because it all sort of blends into metaphor. But there is one that sticks with me, and it's about, uh, it's about biscuits and cooking, right? Yeah. So when you cook biscuits, they, you put them in the oven. You put the dough in the oven, and then they, they hunker down and squat before they puff up, right? <laughs> I never knew that <laughs> that's about a, biscuits. That's a okay. thing. And if you do it wrong, if you screw up, you will you'll cook the biscuits in the squat. Yeah, and you don't want to get cooked in the squat because then you just up end up with these little pucks that have never puffed up. 
and gotten <laughs> big. Sad. So don't get cooked in the squat. And I think about that all the time. And it all relates to exactly what you're talking about, making things too complicated or to look at it a different way uh, to start the work while the project is still too complicated. Because generally what that means to me is I have not taken the project and looked at it in its most simplest fashion. Right. right? Breaking right. it down to its most simple components. And the squat place is a bad place to you be. Don't get cooked in the squat. That's right. I get cooked you in the squat. You want to puff up. I want to puff up. Yeah, I want to puff up and get joy out of the things that I'm actually checking off the list. Yes, yes, yes. Intra- okay, I'm I'm never going to look at a biscuit the same way. As you should not. Biscuits deserve more. That's right. That's right. Well, and, and you know, it's just too easy to overcomplicate. So, yeah, I think that taking a step back... And especially if you're noticing that this might be happening, even with the current project that you're doing right now, but taking a step back and just reviewing, you know, what is your real goal for this project? What's your real vision? Um, And hopefully it will change a little bit by listening to this, you know, and and understanding maybe you are making things a little bit more overcomplicated. Limit your choices if you can, uh, you know, cut, edit, cut eliminate whatever you need to do, the extra steps that aren't necessary, figuring out really what's important, um, setting a deadline. I mean, even I know sometimes fake deadlines are worthless um, for a lot of people because they know they're fake, but having something, there's still something to say about just having a deadline and knowing that that's what you're going for. Right. So trying to, you know, whether that's a deadline on making a decision or a deadline of when you want something done work, I'm working with a client right now who is working on her portfolio and she's put a, a deadline to the end of September. That is not a real deadline. I mean, she could certainly go into October, but that's what we're working towards. That's what we're working together is to make sure that this gets done by the end of September. So, so that's where a coach can definitely help is, is setting that and keeping you on track. But, um, you know, that, that can make a big difference getting support. I mean, whether it's yeah. a coach or a spouse or a, a coworker, or if you're a student, you know, having another student help you, um, and not only help you with keeping you accountable, but helping you break down the project, you know, h- helping you simplify it because they may be able to see it um, in a different way. And uh, delegating, right, that can be eliminating some of those extra steps. We try to do it all and sometimes we don't have to. So that could be a solution to trying to simplify things a little bit. Right. Um, not going for perfect, but going for good enough. I know that is... It's hard for me to say because I really do every product I put out there. I want it to be perfect. Um, But at some point you have to draw the line and just say, "Okay, I'm really proud of this. I've done everything I can and now I need to let it go and know that you always have room for improvement. You can always change it or tweak it later if you need to. Um, But, you know, it's a fine line, right, of not letting doing your best work, but not letting perfection stop you from going mm-hmm. forward. That happens to me all the time. It's and hard. Just, and it's vapor lock. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's it's hard to pull the plug and say, yeah. okay. I mean, even these courses, you know, the Organizing Your Space Your Way course, it was, it was hard to say, okay, let's launch it. It's ready. Yeah. You know, because you're still like, oh, but I could do this and I could do that. And it can be ready before you are. That's the trick. Yeah, right, yeah. right. All right. There you go. I like it. This is so nice, Nikki Kinzer. Well, thank you, Pete Wright, and your 
biscuit analogy. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be saying that a lot. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Yes, you are. Yep. Uh, thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to the show and listening to our uh, biscuit and other cooking analogies. <laughs> we sure appreciate it. And uh, and I, I think that's it. We're going to put a fork in this one. And now it, I mean it as a cooking analogy. I know uh, you do. We're, yes. <laughs> we're officially done. Uh, thank you again. Find us and Nikki's Tools, TakeControlADHD.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at TakeControlADHD. And we'll see you next week right here on the ADHD Podcast.